what you're yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would see I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one, But you've become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me why you have to go and make things so complicated I see the way you're acting like you're somebody else Gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get and you turn it into Honestly you promised me I'm never gonna find you fake it Yes, guys, how are you doing? And this is not small talk. This is like, I'm really asking you, how are you doing? Because I really, I really care for my listeners. You see, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Merle Class of bringing my next episode of the Just a Nobody podcast. And um, as always, you know, I love doing this. I love bringing this to you. And um, this is episode number 78. I think 75, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not really sure. But um, but it's it's always, you know, it's it's always great to do this. Um, so uh, it's exactly uh, 6.26 p.m. this Monday evening. And I'm doing it on a Monday, very weird. Uh, but yes, I just made some time and I said, let's do it. You know, I got to get this recorded. Um, as I said, it's a bi-monthly, <laughs> two times a month podcast episode that I kind of try to release. Uh, and I'm just a nobody, so it doesn't really matter, you know. Uh, uh, it doesn't really matter uh, what, what I talk about or whatever. It's not really something that, oh, my God, I'm, I missed it. You know, I missed Mo's episode. And I'm like, uh, and then you missed a lot. Like, you missed so much of knowledge. No, man, it's nothing. It's nothing. So if you missed it, it's fine. But thanks so much for tuning in. For those guys who keep tuning in every episode, hey, man, I really love you guys. Uh, right? So uh, just a few things, you know, I just want to kind of touch upon uh, this week. Uh, the cicadas have gone. The best thing is the cicadas have gone. And if you ask me to pronounce it in a proper way, I would say cicadas. That's how, because you're going to spell it like that. you got to pronounce it like that, you know? Hey, man, how did it go from cicadas to cicadas? Like, what, who are we fooling, you know, with these pronunciations? Hey, man, who are we fooling with these pronunciations? How did it go from cicadas to cicadas? Okay? Like, hey, man, we're we, we French now? Like, we're French now? Anyways, uh, talking about cicadas, I'm so happy. Uh, I I'm actually sad that they're gone because they're no longer there. But it was like uh, uh, it was like four weeks of cicadas all over the place. Some of them falling off. Some of them dying midway in the air. Some of them get eating, uh, get getting eaten. You know, mid uh, mid uh, mid flight by 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 a sparrow or a bird. You know, any other bird. Which is which was crazy. I mean, those four weeks were really crazy. Of course, they're not there. But I love the story behind cicadas. You know, it's so damn interesting. Like, uh, like you have this bunch of insects. Like, uh, you never see for seventeen years. Like for seventeen years, they are underground. Uh, you know, they're underground, uh, feeding on sap from roots of plants underground, and they're there for seventeen years. And then suddenly, out of the blues, they just emerge. Uh, from underground uh, because they want to lay their eggs. How? What? What? You know, like they lay eggs just once in 17 years. I think if the human race needs to learn something from uh, someone about population control and being environmentally friendly and uh, thinking about climate change and global warming, I think it's human. The human race needs to learn something from cicadas. Look at them, man. Like 17 years, they're just underground. And after 17 years, they come out to lay eggs. Like, uh, 
literally you know the most environmentally friendly uh insects or living beings living uh pe- living persons i would say um uh in this uh, in this whole wide world like you know and they come out and they're not spending too much time they just like for about 4 to 6 weeks and after they uh, after they lay eggs and after the mating season is over within in that 4 to 6 weeks all the adults they die so it's these eggs that they lay they go back uh, underground and then they sap on the roots uh, the sap from roots of plants underground and then these guys who were born like 4 weeks uh, uh, you know during those 4 weeks they come back 17 years later and so the next batch of cicadas would be tw- in 2038 what a fascinating story this is So these these cicadas that gave birth and mated the male and the female all of them die. They don't go back underground. It's the eggs that they go underground and they, they sap, they feed after 17 years they come back that's in 2038 they would be back uh on land. They would stay again for 4 to 6 weeks, they would lay eggs and then they die off and then it's that cycle, you know. uh it's like a deja vu all over again which is really 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 fascinating i love the stories of these cicadas and it seems the female cicadas lay about um 500 eggs like one lays about 500 eggs so it's, a, it's that many of them you know but they're not uh, they're not just populating uh earth surface you know they're all underground uh which is which is like great man i love uh, i love the uh, life that they i mean i love the the concept of the story you know basically but hey man i would not never love to be born as a cicada or be a cicada ever like you know it's really sad imagine being underground for 17 years and then coming out only for 4 weeks no man like hey i can't do that you know uh but uh, uh, what is even more fascinating is you know these guys they don't have a temperature me- measurement device they don't have a clock they don't have a, they don't uh, they don't know the time but i don't know how it is that as soon as the temperature or the underground soil temperature reaches to 64 degrees fahrenheit that's about 18 degrees centigrade and exactly after 17 years they just come out i don't know how how does that happen without a clock without a without uh, a temperature measurement device nothing it's just like a miracle you know the lives that they live is actually a miracle if you look at it i i don't know i don't know how really they uh, work that out it's so damn fascinating though uh but hey god lord and my savior please don't ever uh if i ever have to be reborn uh, or i have a rebirth I don't want to be born as a cicada. I can't live underground sapping uh from the roots of plants underground and live there for 17 years and then come out only for 4 weeks. Hey man, no. That's not happening. So please please Lord God. Lamb of God, please don't make me a cicada ever. <laughs> anyway uh i i was just you know there's this uh, uh uh since it was in the news so let me just bring it out that i would not really speak about the same thing every episode that i do but i want it's just like an update uh with britney spears you know uh you you all know how much i love the girl i love you know why i really like britney spears because um it was like you know in in your teenage years you know that's that's a very crucial time in your uh, life actually especially it's the time when you're you uh it's the most cherishable time of uh of life i believe and um, my teenage years has been really exciting i really miss it i wish i could go back in time but it's not going to happen but whatever happened during that time uh makes you feel very nostalgic so when whenever i see britney spears you know it makes me feel nostalgic i know you know i was watching mtv i know i was sitting in that small bedroom of mine as a teenager listening to her music going to going to music stores getting a cds etc you know so uh that's why i have that you know kind of very uh that attachment to britney britney spears and because she makes me feel very nostalgic uh with the songs etc it just throws you back into that time you know so 
that's the best thing, you know. And uh, so, yeah, so I was talking about the update uh, of Britney Spears. So good that uh, Britney Spears is uh, now allowed to choose her own lawyer. And I believe she already has uh, selected one, a very high profile lawyer. And um, so that's really a great update and uh, hope she's on her way to the end of a conserv conservatorship because it's crazy. I just don't understand the concept of the legal, the legal, uh, what do you call it? The properties, properties or whatever that is uh, about a conservatorship. I don't know how she is. She has employed so many people and on her two tours and she is, uh, she sings, she, you know, she does everything by herself and such a person is just kept, uh, you know, uh, without access to her own money and her own hard work and her, everything that she's made, uh, it's out of her, you know, out of her control, which is so crazy. So uh, I'm really happy about that. And, you know, I just want to talk about that update. Like, uh, I hope it really is very soon because, you know, this has taken about 13 years for her to speak about it, which is very, very surprising for someone so powerful, you know, to come out and speak against against what she's been going through uh, after 17 years. I mean, after, after about 13 years, it's like, it's crazy. Uh, so I'm so happy that, you know, she finally uh, gets to choose a lawyer and hope something really good happens to her. And, you know, the thing is, I've listened to so many songs, like Overprotected and all. She sang so many of these songs, you know. Say hello to the girl that I am. <laughs> You're gonna have to see through my perspective. She sang so many songs where she keeps talking about being overprotected. You know, anytime she makes any suggestions and she wants to do something, she's ev every time she's corrected, you know, has, uh, uh, you know, her lyrics in those songs. I mean, she spoke about it. Uh, actually in a number of her songs like overprotected and uh and a number of her songs so actually uh you know it was uh she was going through all this uh, right from the beginning it's only that uh they con they started controlling her you know whoever these people are um towards the end of when she couldn't take it anymore and then she just comes out blasting so uh that's really some good news uh from Britney Spears and I'm really happy about it Let's listen to the song Overprotected, okay? I'm just playing a little bit of it because I love the song so much. The lyrics really speak, you know, to what she's really going through. So let's let's play a little bit of it and then uh, let's be back. Yeah, here it is. Overprotected Britney Spears. I don't know which year this was, but it was that time. Yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, okay. Love it. I mean, those lyrics, they say so much. Like she literally is saying that, you know, there must be another way because I believe in taking chances. But who am I to say what a girl is to do? God, I need some answers, you know. Wow, man, really. So she was uh, she was going through all this. And now these songs actually hit different, you know. Uh, when, I, when I listened to it long, long, some decades ago, uh, who knew that this was... Uh, uh, you know, we just took it as a song. But today, when I listened to it, it's like, hey, man, that's what she's gone through. Like, literally. Uh, for so many years. And uh, it's still happening. All right. So, um, I want to kind of talk about these uh, space tourism, uh, which is becoming, like, for real. Space travel. 
people billionaires especially are you know not only uh, not only flying to space because they have money but they're also kind of uh, designing and making the spaceships in which they're going which will take them up into space so for instance i think tomorrow we have jeff bezos who's going to who's going to uh, fly in his uh, blue origin i believe uh Uh, which is his own uh his own spacecraft and he's going to fly into space i don't know how long that is going to be that's uh, that we see tomorrow like how long is he going to be in space but i watched uh, richard branson from virgin galactic uh you know he along with five other crew members billionaires of course you know he's a billionaire jeff bezos is a billionaire so these guys are literally all you know uh, flying into space I don't know for what. See, the thing is it's good. I'm not against space travel. Like it's wonderful to go out in uh space etc. But like what Richard Branson did was like what are you doing? Like why are you burning so much fuel and just going up uh going up in space? Like uh what what travel what tourism is this you know? You're burning us so much fuel to go up. And this guy he uh Uh, he went he, he called this mission a unity 2020 mission there were five crew members that took off into space the entire journey right from kicking off uh, from earth into space and coming back was about 90 minutes that is one and a half hours and the uh, the per passenger cost for this was uh, rounded out to about like $250,000 each person and uh after all this like you know uh, okay i was excited i said let me see what's happening and then uh, uh what actually happened is in the 90 minutes 4 minutes were in space really like all they did is with 4 minutes of weightlessness and then they were back no gravity and they were back so they were just at the edge of edge of you know space and then they returned how short was that like wh- what are you doing like for 4 minutes in space what the hell did you learn what the hell did you see you just burnt up so much of fuel to go up you know and then this uh this is an intact concept like it's a pile it's not a pilot run but it's a it's a commercial flight the first commercial flight uh ever made and tomorrow jeff bezos is doing it uh to kind of promote tourism so that people spend the $250,000 each per passenger take those flights that Richard Branson and uh uh Jeff Bezos are making and then fly to the edge of space for about 4 minutes i find it a total waste of money a total waste of fuel climate change problems global warming warming problems etc and we're still going out there and then you say you are an astronaut like how can you be called an astronaut or something that i just don't get you know uh, uh so these these folks like richard branson and the five other crew members they said they got the name uh called as uh, astronauts because they were in space for about 4 minutes hey man like i have traveled i have traveled across after tra- i've traveled across the world you know in journeys like in flight uh for about 18 hours with a stopover to paris mostly so now i have i've had stopovers in paris for about for about 5 to 6 hours but i never tell people that i've been to paris because those were transit places i've been there for 4 to 5 hours but i've not i cannot say i've been to france because that was transit that was transit time uh so it was just a stopover you know so the same thing with this i mean hey man you just like went up in space had the zero gravity experience weightlessness experience for about 4 minutes and you get called a astronaut like what are we talking about man you just in transit like that's it i don't know how long tomorrow jeff bezos is going to be because i believe he's going with a brother he's going with a young guy and then there's an uh, uh there's another uh lady i believe who's in the who's in the team but i don't get it i just don't get it like um and then uh you know uh, i always have this uh 
this crazy feeling like you know what if now of course they go trying to they're trying to commercialize it they're trying to make it uh they're trying to make it uh, commercial they're trying to commercialize space travel so uh going out in space i don't know how many hours this was four months finish four minutes that was crazy like uh, uh like if you ask me you've been to a place so you can say that you've been to a place if you've had breakfast if you if you had had lunch and if you had dinner and you had at least a short nap in that place then you can say hey man i traveled that place like i've had so many stopovers in france i in uh, paris i never say i've been to paris because i never did all those three things together and took a nap there It never happened i was just in transit so um All right, that apart. Now, this they're, they're trying to commercialize uh, space travel. So, uh, so what if someone dies? You know, that's always been a question. Like, what what if someone dies? Because going to space is can can bring about a, it's it's very dangerous. You know, there could be an em- emergency situation. Of course, the the International Space Station have people living for six months, etc. uh and such a thing has never happened but people have died but what if someone dies in space you know during these travels during these com- commercial air flights what do they do with these bodies do they put it uh, back in the space bag uh, do they put it in a space bag and put it in a locker room on the iss or do they send it back uh do they do they send it back to earth with a resupply uh, ship or do they simply dispose it off in space because the space is like empty you know you can always allow it to float and it goes but then what i heard is they can't do that they can't uh, just uh, simply dispose of the body in space because as per the uh, international rules as per international rules they can't litter space so that's the that's the that's the only thing that is preventing them from doing it uh because the un as per the un agreement it says that bodies floating in space could collide with other spacecrafts or they could float over to alien planets and pollute those planets with bacteria and other organisms that may be living on and in the body so that's what uh, it says so even that is out of question so what do they do ultimately you know if someone dies and now since they're trying to make space travel so common like they want everybody to travel if you have the money of course uh, what if something goes wrong what if someone dies what are you going to do with their body you know where do you keep it i you can't you can't keep it you can't keep the body uh in in the international space station because hey man it's going to smell so then i came across uh, i came across this wonderful plan b that uh, has been planned by nasa the nasa is pl- partnered with uh, the green burial company called promesa uh, and the project is called the body back project now the pro- body back project is where they put a they, if someone dies in space they'll put the body um, inside a body back bag and a robotic arm will hold that bag that that has the body inside it outside a spacecraft so now since it's so cold out in uh out in space um all the water in that body in the dead body will evaporate and freeze the body to about 270 degrees fahrenheit that's about minus 167 degrees centigrade so it will freeze the body to minus 270 degrees fahrenheit that's about minus 167 degrees centigrade that's really cold man it's like hey man space is really cold uh so once once that happens the robotic arm will then shake the bag now now the whole body has no water because the the water is evaporated because it's so cold it is frozen and then the robotic arm that is holding the body back will just shake shake a little and then the entire body is broken down into a powder so it's human dust which is then stored you know which can then be stored and then you won't have that smell because it's it's frozen it's like you know freezing meat in the refrigerator of course this method has never been used but that's a plan that if it ever happens that's what they're going to do you know um and i believe uh, because especially this is going to be useful with all the space um 
space travel that's going that's going to happen you know with all this commercial space space travels and even folks who live on the international space stations for about 6 months you know anything could happen thank goodness nothing has happened so far but of course they have a plan b imagine man they're going to put it in a bag then tie the bag to a robotic arm and extend it uh, into space so that it gets the moisture evaporates and then the body is frozen and then they'll shake it shake the bag using the robotic arm and the entire body falls down into dust inside the bag and then they so if say for instance you know uh, uh now i think everybody uh, everybody's planning to go uh, we're trying to populate human race is planning to populate mars so if that ever happens now to go to mars one way journey is about 7 months okay and then uh, since mars and earth is continuously revolving around the sun we have to wait another 3 months for it to align itself together like in the same way that we left when we left from earth so once it aligns itself then again we hop into these uh, spacecraft and then it takes about another 9 months to get back so 9 months plus 3 months plus 9 months that's about, that's about almost a year and a half So in this case I believe uh it, you cannot even send that dust that you have collected of human of the human body if someone dies on Mars and you kind of do that you know take the robotic arm keep it outside uh let the moisture come out and and collect the human dust you can't even send this back onto earth because if you're on Mars at least if you're in, on an international space station you can send the human dust um to earth after 6 months because that's the mission But what do you do when if you're on Mars, you know, which is like a 9-month ride from Earth to Mars and then you're to wait for the alignment to uh, for Mars and Earth to re- realign in the same way and then again 9 months to get back from Mars to Earth. So so that means you can't even send that human dust back. So what do they use it as fertilizer maybe to grow plants? so human dust will be used as fertilizer to fertilize plants on mars that's what they'll do hey man your body is going to be useful wow no matter how fascinating this is like you know this whole commercial flights and a mission to mars populating mars multiverse is another topic that everybody's talking about no matter no matter how fascinating all this there are so many risks involved you know i hope they're really considering the risk and uh, doing what is necessary you know to really be able to tackle these risks But whatever said, you know, we talked about Mars, we talked about Earth, whatever. The bottom line is, all I want to say is that in my eyes, like in my eyes, Pluto is a planet. In my eyes, Pluto is a planet. Like who like Pluto was a planet all this while? but suddenly in august 2016 2006 the international astronomical union downgraded the status status of pluto to a dwarf planet because uh, uh because it says that it's really tiny it's a dwarf planet it uh, for a planet to be designated as a planet it should be huge and it should be giant like like a rocky planets like mercury venus earth mars or gaseous planets like jupiter saturn neptune and uranus and since planet is a dwarf planet it's really tiny they just kind of took off, took away the status downgraded it degraded it to a non planet status and i'm really angry about it i'm really angry i'm not going to tolerate that shit No way. In my eyes, Pluto is a planet. 
say whatever you want you know now a uh, pluto is like uh, it has not even revolved now since it was discovered i believe in 19 uh, 1930 i think they just dis- uh, 50 they discovered uh, pluto and since it was discovered in 1950 it has not even revolved around the sun once it takes about 248 years for pluto to revolve around the sun and uh, there are 153 hours per day on pluto which is as compared to 24 hours on earth so i like how days are so long on pluto uh, on pluto which is so good man except for of course it's really cold it's like about minus 375 degrees centigrade that's about mi- minus 226 degrees centigrade uh, that's about minus 375 is the degree fahrenheit and the atmosphere it's not like what we have it's nitrogen so it's basically not a livable livable planet and thank goodness for that you know like literally all those humans would be flocking they were already thinking about going to mars and if if pluto was livable like its temperatures were right and uh uh and if uh, the atmosphere had oxygen and carbon uh, oxygen and all that you know the proper uh breathing gases were available probably we would uh, we would try to go on pluto but thank goodness pluto got saved because it's not livable but i like i really love the number of days that you have on pluto it's like 153 hours per day like if there's one thing that i want pluto to do is you know and earth to really talk with each other and hey man just kind of swipe your orbits for like a few days in a year because i can't imagine that we are already uh, it's the 19th of july already in another 5 months 2021 will be over what are we talking about how fast are these years really running by 24 hours is too short for a day it's too short I wish it was 153 hours per day. But yeah, you know, that's all I want to do, you know. Earth takes some tips from um Pluto try to elongate its uh its orbit for some days. Take a longer path on some days. so that a year is a little longer hey man this is too fast it's too fast or not so that's all that's that's all that's why i want to really touch upon this topic is one is pluto in my eyes is a planet okay and two dear earth my dear earth please please go a little slow what's the hurry slow down a little what's the hurry why are you just running is july 2021 already slow down earth slow down learn something from pluto take some tips from pluto Pluto will tell you how to elongate and have that eccentric kind of plan the orbit extend it elongate it go slow you're going too fast hi that's what i'm saying you know slow down man What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb you can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much put that shit in slow motion yeah i feel like an astronaut in the ocean yeah what you doing by rolling down in the deep yeah when your brain goes numb you can call that mental freeze yeah when these people talk too much put the shit in slow motion yeah i feel like an astronaut in the ocean yeah <laughs> hey man i wish i had was hot girl summer you know 
summer is like almost halfway through summer we are i wish it was hot girl summer hot girl summer but hey man i'm lukewarm and i'm not hot at all like i want to be hot i always want to be hot my entire life but i'm bloody lukewarm <laughs> I'm like lukewarm auntie summer. I can't be hot girl summer, but I'm lukewarm auntie summer. Literally. Hey man. I wish I was, you know, it would be so good. Like hey man, I could just, you know, kind of pose and stuff like that, like, you know. Be it would be so nice to kind of pose and uh throw shade and you know that kind of a thing hey man that'd be so much fun you know it'd be so much fun it'd be so much fun hmm hot girl summer that's a thing that's a thing that's a thing on social media hot girl summer i'm lukewarm man i'm lukewarm summer Anyway, before the pandemic, you know, uh, I always had this problem doing small talk. Like I just couldn't do it. I can't do a hi how are you kind of thing. It's something that just doesn't come naturally to me. But you know, we are uh, kind of uh, we get we kind of get used to doing that, you know. I could never do small talk, and so I preferred uh I preferred walking up the stair stairs than going in an elevator. when i see someone from far and i have like you know it doesn't matter whether i meet them or not i change tracks quickly you know i prefer eating alone if i'm on fm at parties sitting alone if possible rather than dashing into people and then starting a small starting small talk i can't do because i can't do like you know the high how you kind of thing I can't it's like hey man like do we have to really do this but i think pandemic has changed that now you know people have become how people people have really understood that small talk is really not needed you know we can really be who we are we don't need to do these small talks and fill uh, put in some words to really be you can just be you you know the pandemic has really taught us that i believe because what's the use of really saying something when you don't really mean it you know Uh, that's what that's what i think it is but i was reading this article you know which was in the by harvard researchers and these researchers were putting together an article where they said that uh, it is important to have a meaningful conversation if you want to kind of have net you know you want to have a good network of friends who a uh, network of people and networking is another bad word in my dictionary like hey man i'm not going to network with you because you're going to be useful to me you know down the lane i can't do that I can't do small talk i can't network you know because uh i might need you sometime down the line so this article by harvard researchers they say that uh it is good when what your current uh, it is you know it is it is good to have open uh uh it is good to have these conversations but open ended questions like ask what are your current uh, what is your current state of mind you know that's a question what's your current state of mind what are you looking forward to this week questions like that like you know hey man so you remind me about uh, someone uh in hollywood uh who's someone that you relate to you know questions like this howard howard professors giving tips on how to kind of start a conversation and they said don't discuss early updates like traffic sports or weather instead instead observe what's around and then ask questions based on that like hey man i'm just going to make up questions by uh can uh, by looking around and observing things and then you know kind of i don't want to talk with you what about that I don't want to start a conversation and observe around like my place and then find something to start it. And then if you walk into their uh walk 
in in the place that they are then you can always say hey that's a nice painting there's a nice art on the wall or that's a great family uh, picture you know how would researchers giving these tips on how to network and how to strike a meaningful conversation and then there's another tip that says that you know share some news like you know you went biking you went hiking you adopted a dog and stuff like that and then smile if you're talking with someone on the phone you smile while you're talking maintain eye contact hey man stop stop looking into my eyes It makes me nervous look away eye contact is staring into someone's eyes as per me but as per Harvard researchers hey man eye contact is the best thing smile while talking to someone on the phone and they say you got to do small talk otherwise uh otherwise you can just be invisible wow i'm happy i'm just a nobody you know anyway it doesn't matter if i become invisible so good for me you know whatever this is that's that's all that i'm saying so these uh these tactics that you know uh that uh, that these harvard researchers have come up with like you know to start a talks start a conversation uh otherwise you'll be invisible is just crazy as for me i can't do any of those things like no way you could do that what you doing bar rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb you can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much but the chit in slow motion yeah i feel like an astronaut in the ocean yeah yeah i feel like an astronaut in the ocean yeah feel like an astronaut in the ocean yeah i can't do these what these harvard researchers are telling me to do no i can't i can't i can't small talk can do it anyways uh i i just found this news really really very hilarious and i wanted to share with you two fish updates you know over the past one week one update that comes you know where in utah uh, uh which was a great site actually you know i wish i could uh if this was a video podcast probably i would show it to you but this was a site where in um thousands of fish were dropped from a plane into the lakes in utah Now the Utah Division of Wildlife uh, Resources did it to restock remote lakes, you know, about 200 of them. Wherein they just like kind of dropped and actually looked like firing. They were firing, you know, not bullets but firing fish into the uh, into these remote lakes. It seems like this was done in high elevation lakes where fish were not found. And it seems fish are about these fish were about 1 to 3 inches long. About 35,000 of them were released uh, in in this flight. and i like what the fish just kind of what, like you know i was just wondering like you know the way they fired it and i wish i could show it to you but you can always google it to check it utah fish drop maybe that's what would give you uh a give you to see something but uh the way they were dropping these uh fish using pressure you know i doubt whether those fish really went into water what if they just fell on some uh f- fell on soil or something you know because of the pressure and i eat fish like i i don't really okay uh you know but still you know i don't want them to die like this like uh, where they were promised to uh promised to be left in water but uh they land up uh, they land up on soil and they die like that you know and when i was looking at the side i was like hey man these fish are literally like uh flying in space for them you know fish who have always been in water all their life like water is so deep right they've always been in water they get an opportunity to fly in space and that ride from the space to water was about 4 minutes so they almost have felt like richard branson you know fish may have felt like richard branson dropped into the ocean for 4 minutes of weightlessness so they're fish astronauts you know that's how would how wouldn't label them because as per 
as per the rules like you know uh you got to be uh like uh, as per the rules by nasa or uh, this Fe- federal aviation administration it says that you get the title uh, a human is called an astronaut who flies in a vehicle above 50 miles that's about 80 kilometers in a non nasa vehicle as a crew member then that person becomes is gets called an astronaut the designation is commercial astronaut given by the federal aviation administration so that's why richard branson and the five people who really took that uh went in the space shuttle space and survived there for about 4 minutes non gravity they went about 53.5 miles high that's about 282000 feet above above earth so because of that they got the title you know as it says 50 miles is something that you need to go since they went 53.5 miles they got the title as an astronaut well so even these fish that were dropped from space in from an from an airplane into water are basically astronauts you know because they were also high up fishy astronauts that's what i need to call them fishy astronauts but in the in the same thing you know since i had two fish stories in the same week like just the next day uh the minnesota uh minnesota uh, municipality is thing is what what he called them they came up with uh, uh saying that uh, telling people in the area to please don't uh don't leave their goldfish into their pet goldfish into uh into the water bodies you know because it seems goldfish they are really tiny like uh, as a kid i uh i had two goldfish you know in a in a fish tank i had pet goldfish two of them with a bulldog fish and then i had a swordfish those are small pet fish as a kid i remember goldfish are really tiny but as per minnesota they passed a, they passed a rule that if goldfish are really left in large water bodies they become really large in size they grow really large in size and reproduce quickly they decrease the water quality and eat all the resources that are meant for native species in the water in the water body you know so this is another story this is nothing to do with the utah uh, fish drop uh, story this is a completely new story from a new state in minnesota from a completely different state minnesota when there is a rule to the residents telling them that please don't leave your pet goldfish into the water bodies because these goldfish are pet goldfishes they survive well in fish tanks if you don't have someone to really take care of them find a friend or family member to take care of them please don't leave them in water bodies because what they do is they grow they eat they eat all the resources that are meant for native species they grow really large in size and they reproduce quickly decrease the water quality uh <laughs> so uh that was really funny and then i was just wondering like you know you have a story which is from utah and then you have a story from minnesota but what if utah the utah uh people you know the wildlife uh, who what do they call themselves the wildlife uh, resources the utah division of wildlife resources what are they left uh, if they drop f- goldfish in the water bodies i was just thinking you know what what by mistake they did that that's going to be really funny <laughs> that's going to be really funny my might hi might hi might yeah i remember my two goldfish i really love them yeah so um i had about i had about 5 to 6 of fish in a fish tank and two of them were goldfish and i remember really going you know as of course i was a kid that time but i also had a cat at home at that time and i remember going to this uh food fish food uh store and getting uh getting uh, fish food which is powdered fish food and also getting worms live worms black live worms so that these guys could really relish them because they love live worms you know fish so i really remember that that made me nostalgic now hey man that's really made me nostalgic so um so i remember getting that but 
uh, sadly, my cat jumped into the fish tank and she broke the tank and all my fish died. So that was the end. No more fish tanks after that. But that happened, you know, having a cat and fish at the same time in the same house. Hey, man, don't do it. You either have a fish or you either have fish or you either have a cat. Or you could have fish and, do- and a dog. Dogs don't do. They're harmless. They're really very obedient. But cats, you can't tell them what to do. They'll do whatever they want to do. <laughs> and she did it. She jumped into the fish tank. And she didn't eat any of them, but they all died, you know. And that was a lot of work of cleaning or whatever. All right. So, uh, right. So that's all that I had for this week. Um, feels really good to get back always, you know, with a new episode. Um, don't forget, if you want to write to me, please write to me at justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can DM me. I do check my DMs. Uh, anything, you know, any questions, whatever. But thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it because it's really not easy to really hit the, hit the play button. Hey, man, ask me about it. You know, if, if I really hit on someone's podcast episode to play or listen to it, it means I really want to listen to it, you know. You can't force someone to listen to someone's episode. But anyways, that's that's all that I wanted to check. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I want to leave you with the song by Mast Wolf, uh, Astronaut in the Ocean. And it's a great track. I love the song. Um, and uh, here it is. I'll just play this a little bit and then I'll be on the other side of the song. Let's just get this straight for a second. I'm a work. Even if I don't get paid for progression, I'm going to get it. Everything that I do is electric. I'm going to keep it in a motion. Keep it moving like a netty. Put this shit in a frame. Better know I don't blame. Everything that I say, man, I seen you deflate. Let me elevate. This in a prank. Have you walking on a plane? La, 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 la. Both hands together. God, let me pray. I've been going right, right around. Call that relay. Pass the baton. Back in the mall. Swimming in the pool. Can't do come on. When a piece of this, a piece of mine, my piece of sign. Can you please read between the lines? My rhymes inclined to break your spine. They say that I'm so fine. You could never match my grind. Please do not not waste my time. What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Ay, what you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Totally, totally, totally. Actually, you know, I love that. One line that he says, when people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. I think we need to really do that always, you know. It is so, it is, it is so important, right, to do that. So, um, that's all that I had uh, for uh, this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, uh, baby. Bye, 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 bye.